Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to Season 8 of the Firetime Podcast. Well, if you're listening to this in real time, I just got back, I mean, not even 48 hours ago from the HPB Expo in Atlanta, and I'm still riding high from it. It was so cool to be back in person and, you know, just to see everything that makes our industry go. And truly, I was just floored at the community that the Firetime Network and Podcast and Magazine has created. It was unbelievable to connect with everybody. You know, to give you a recap, first, we hosted a Firetime Magazine meetup, and truly, we didn't know how many people would show up. We planned for, you know, maybe 30 people. We had over 150 people RSVP, and this event was incredible. It was so amazing to see the joy and the happiness that surrounds this community. And for those of you who are there, I mean, I know you feel what I'm saying, that that event was special. Now, at the trade show, I hosted two panel conversations, and my original plan was that we would have one of them air as the first episode of this podcast season, and the second one would air later on, but after hearing them, we're actually making it the first two episodes of this season. They're so good. So what's going to happen is this week, I'm going to be playing you my episode, which was with four prominent women in our industry, Rachel Feinstein, Ryan Blake, Megan Lee, and Jenny Foreman. And they had a conversation that I was lucky enough to host called A Woman's Approach to the Sales Process. Now, This had come on the heels of Bridget Brennan delivering an incredible keynote address at the trade show about the hybrid lives that consumers are living right now between digital and physical, and these ladies picked up right where that left off, and the conversation was incredible. I felt very fortunate to be able to host it. Now, next week, you're going to hear another conversation that happened live at the expo that has to do with how we navigate the supply chain in 2022. Now, as we head into the rest of the season from there, oh my gosh, there's so many good things that we're going to cover, but immediately after that, we're going to jump into a series about how to build your own heartbeat report to run your business and what the keystone metrics are that you need to be paying attention to week in and week out. So as you can tell, I'm fired up about this. It feels so good to be back. But before I do, I've got one final announcement, and it's that we came out with a physical printed journal for the HPB Expo, and it's going to be something that we do on a yearly basis. This is volume one of the Firetime Journal called A Map for 2022, and I'm holding this thing in my hands, and honestly, it's incredible. It's over 150 pages long. It's broken down into the departments of your business with sections on installation and service and leadership and Every single step of the way, it gives you resources, checklists, job walk forms, and other things that you can use right away to take control of your business. Now, we were giving them out for free at the expo, but we have some left over and you can get your hands on one by going to itsfiretime.com slash journal. We're charging 10 bucks to cover freight anywhere in the world. We just assumed that that would cover it. So if you want us to ship you one, it's our gift to you. As long as you're willing to pay for that freight, go to itsfiretime.com slash journal. Trust me, you will not be disappointed by this. Okay, so I'm going to jump out of the way. Let's get into this conversation here and I've got some thoughts to wrap it up 
at the end. Well, hey, everybody. Super excited to be here. Thanks a ton to everybody that's watching. We're going to get started with our panel conversation that's about a women's approach to the sales process. And, you know, to anybody that's watching, thank you. The goal is that we're going to talk for probably probably 45 minutes or so. And then if you'd like, we can jump into some Q&A afterwards. And I'm going to give a little bit of context, and I'll introduce our, our panel here in just a second. And I'm actually going to get out of the way and let Rachel facilitate the conversation. But for me, you know, I've been in the industry for, I mean, pushing 15, 16 years now. And I probably like four years ago uh, got a book by Bridget Brennan that was called Why She Buys. And I saw her at an HHT event, and my mind was just blown. And I realized, like, I know nothing about talking to women or about approaching them. And there's so many mistakes that I have made just because of unawareness. And um, that journey has been awesome. And, and I feel like, you know, in a male-dominated industry, um, there's so much that women can bring to the table. And uh, I think, I, I don't, maybe I was talking to you about this, Rachel, that like, someone was saying like, you know, it, it, it's, not about, it's not about empowerment as it is just making things better, right? That there's, there's something that like, that men inherently miss, that, that there's natural strengths that we have, but there's also natural weaknesses, and that's complemented so well by what women in our industry can bring to the table. So I'm pumped to honestly get out of the way and learn, and um, I'll introduce our panel, and then we can go for it. So if you guys know uh, Rachel Feinstein, she works for the HPBA. She's worked for the HPBA for quite a while, and, uh, you know, Rachel, you're a friend. Uh, you're somebody that I've learned from significantly, and, and I would argue that there's not any one person over the last 10 years that's fought more for our industry than Rachel. So I'm super excited for you to moderate this conversation. Uh, Ryan Blake, we've known each other for a few years. She's a retailer out of the Pacific Northwest where I live and uh, second generation business owner and just like really doing innovative things to build a family and team environment. When me and Grant came out to your business a few years ago, like the biggest differentiator is that like we are a family and we treat each other like that, and that's how you retain team members. So really excited to have your perspective, because your boots on the ground like every day in customers' homes, working on the showroom floor, and balancing a business. Megan. Uh, so Megan Lee works for Lighters, and I don't know Megan super well, but it's funny because my, my business partner, Grant, over here, interviewed her for the Firetime Magazine, and he literally called me afterwards, and he's like, Tim, you have to meet Megan. You are not going to believe how amazing she is. So I'm excited to have you. And then Jenny, you know, so Jenny Foreman is, is one of the major executives at HHT. She's now running their entire like stoves and insert divisions, like a monster company. And uh, I've known you kind of off and on for 10-ish years maybe. And you're somebody that I have always looked to like, A, just for like wisdom and knowledge, having like a holistic marketing understanding coming from your past background in the food industry of like, how things work, um, HHT has been incredibly innovative with a lot of marketing ideas and sales tools. And I know that, that a lot of that is spearheaded from you. So the reason I, I give that introduction is that like every single person on this panel brings something really unique to the table. Where, like they're a true expert in their field. So I'm excited to just get out of the way and, and listen to it. So thank you for being here. Great. Thanks, Tim, for that excellent introduction. And I've known each of these women in different ways throughout my ten and a half years at HPBA and I just find it very fitting to see all of us here on this panel talking about this very exciting topic. 
So I'm going to kick us off, Jenny, Megan, Ryan, uh, with our first, just to kick things off, how do you and your company make an emotional connection with your customers and inspire them to make a purchase or to do business with you? One thing that women, I think we do really well, is finding different ways to connect emotionally and inspire that purchase and make that connection. So what are some ways that you and your company uh, do that? You want me to go? Sure. All right. So my big thing is when husband and wife come in there, I, I like to get them just talking about their home before I even try to figure out what the best fireplace is for them. I just say, tell me about your house. Tell me what you're hoping for. Tell me, you know, what's the, what's the goal here? Are you looking for family evenings around the fire? Just get them talking about themselves and their home. And it just immediately settles everybody. And they just kind of, it just easily transitions into an easy conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all about building relationships, essentially. I mean, in business and in life. Um, and in doing so, like you said, getting to know your customer and your client, you know, asking them their wants and needs, you're able to gain their trust. And that's ultimately what we really want. Well, I guess I'll speak to it from the standpoint of speaking to the consumer from a manufacturer's perspective, trying to create awareness of our products out in the market primarily with women. So we're constantly testing messages to see what resonates with the women out there in the market. Things like, you know, what style is your home? And then when they start answering questions, delivering education, information, and material about the product that meets the need of that, that particular consumer. And so it continues to get more and more personalized as they go down that journey. And thinking about messaging and like what inspires others to make a purchase. Earlier today, we experienced just an amazing presentation delivered by Bridget Brennan, and thank you to HHT for sponsoring that, uh, talking about strategies that companies can adopt to motivate a consumer purchase or develop a loyal brand following. And she pointed out that women are the original social network, and that line just really resonated with me and we talk about products with our friends and customer experiences and what businesses we like and what we don't like uh, thinking about brands and businesses that you love what is the it factor in a business that gets your loyalty I'll take that one first just we'll start yeah. at the other end <laughs> um, well I I'll, I'll tell you that I, I recently made a car purchase and uh, that car company has just continued to communicate with me and provide me with more information about how to use my car and how to get the most benefits out of it over time and I love the fact that I feel like I have a relationship with my car but <laughs> but essentially with that car because they're constantly communicating and asking me if there's something else that they can be doing to make it better for me. So I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're making, you know, a high dollar purchase or investing in something, it's great to feel, you know, supported and backed by that. And, you know, they're, they really have your back and getting all that information to you. And, um, another thing for me about a, a company that's, is eye catching, um, you know, they have good marketing and everyone's bubbly and upright and, um, you know, it makes you feel welcome. Yeah. I'm, I like when you go on to even like a website, if you're going to do something online or if you're in person, when they, they use more friendly language instead of the very technical, very stiff, I, that's an immediate turnoff. I want, I want friendly back and forth. I don't want to hear the technical stuff. I don't want stiff, proper communication. I want relaxed, easygoing. Got it. 
great. And and we're going to get more into the the sales end from the the salesperson side and our experiences as well. But I'm curious for you as a customer shopping, what are some mistakes that salespersons have made with you that like really just like at the flip of a, a, a just turned you off from the whole experience and what do you wish they would have done instead? I can I can so last week I bought a tractor. You bought a what? A tractor. <laughs> so I went in and the salesperson, he just wants to talk to my husband. My husband doesn't run the tractor. I run the tractor. And so they didn't ask me any questions. They asked him and then he has to ask me, well, do you want to? So it, he just said, it, it's the same we always talk about, just talking to the husband. He's not the one running the thing. I am. So that was a huge huge turnoff. We bought it anyway, but still, it wasn't great. <laughs> Doesn't make you feel good. I didn't feel good when I left. Yeah, absolutely. My, my answer is a little bit more simple, but I just, I don't like to be pushed too hard, and I don't think a lot of people like that. Um, nobody likes to feel like they're being, you know, backed into a corner, and then something that comes along with that for me is, like, my personal bubble. Um, you know, I have a fairly big, you know, it's, it's not too big, but if someone, you know, gets in my personal bubble, it just makes me step back a bit. Totally. I'll use an experience from one of the first showroom visits I made in my starting in my career in the hearth industry. Um, I was just meeting this uh, this retailer, and a couple walked into the store, and the salesperson immediately went and talked to the man, and they were like looking at a stove, and he had his tape measure out and was measuring the box, and the wife had walked over to a different unit. And was standing looking at it, and I'm going, oh, boy, we're in trouble. <laughs> and so pretty soon, the, the husband says, oh, yeah, I think this is the right one for us. And she's like, I like this one. And literally, the husband said, okay, we'll walk over and talk about that one now. And it was, But it was this moment of you are so missing this opportunity because you have your take measure out, and you're talking about BTUs. <laughs> so I, it, it really resonated with me how important that conversation is and, and sharing it with the husband and wife or the couple as they come through. Yes, I'll share an experience of mine. Uh, many years ago, I was looking to buying a new car, and I think, I think everyone has a terrible car salesperson story in, in mind. And I was a you know, young woman looking to buy a car, and it, I went alone for, at, for the first trip and they were pushing so hard like they would not let me leave the building until I made a deal and, and bought a car and I was just so turned off by it and like a couple weeks later I went back and I brought my dad with me and he's a car guy he takes cars apart he customizes them it says it's his retirement hobby now so when I brought my dad back with me they were talking to him as if he was going to be buying the car and where I'm buying the car, I'm an adult, I'm buying a new car, and it's just so frustrating, and I ended up not getting a car at all, and now I'm carless in a city, which is perfect, because parking is expensive. <laughs> so thinking about like those experiences, uh, we have a, a mentoring program for women at HPBA for members, and have heard incredible stories from our members, and it's just so great to see this community developing. And I've heard from a lot of women uh, who are participating in the program that uh, often they'll face a male customer coming into the store shopping for a new stove or some other product, and they ask to speak to a man in the store and not realizing that the expert is standing right in front of them. Uh, have you experienced something similar? And if so, how do you navigate that? 
Monday morning. <laughs> it constantly happens. Constantly. I Before I got on my flight Monday morning, I went out to a customer's house to do a showroom visit or to do an in-home visit. I My big pickup pulls up in their driveway. Husband comes out ready to greet this guy. And I hop out and he immediately looked over to my passenger side like, and he goes, I'm expecting a man. You got me. And he said, no, 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 I'm expecting Orion. That's me. <laughs> and so he, well, we're going to have to have somebody else come back, aren't we? Nope. Nope. I got this. And so I come in the door and the wife says exactly the same thing. Well, I was expecting a man. I can't help you there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, but once you get in and I start, I pull out my tape measure, you know, I start talking to them, figuring out exactly what they're looking for and helping them create the environment that they're looking for in this living room, both of them just, you can just feel them ease in and they just both drop their whatever it is that they had and the conversation flows again. And he said, well, you clearly, you've clearly been doing this for a while. Not really, but thank you. Um, but it happens weekly. It, it's a running joke in my, in my showroom where I've, I've taken a guy day one, his very first day on the job, I'm showing him around and a, a guy walks in and he looks at me and says, I need to speak to a man. Let me just, I, I, can, I can help you. No, 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 you can't. So I went and grabbed a brand new guy, day one, and said, you're going to stand here and you're going to be my puppet, okay? And I stood behind a wall and just told him exactly what to say. And he just repeated it verbatim. The guy said, well, you're the most knowledgeable person I've ever spoken with around here. That's it. That's all. That's <laughs> a, it's a weekly occurrence, but we just persevere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm I'm fairly new to the industry, and you know, I'm not in the retail side like you guys, so I don't run into that as much. But I, I definitely do, and especially when doing trade shows, and um, you know, I, I definitely see that. But I'll let you guys answer that one. Well, I'm I'm not in retail either on the manufacturing side, but you know, in my 15 years with uh, Hearth and Home Technologies, it's not uncommon to be the only woman in the room, the only woman sitting in a meeting, and. Um, I think what's great, though, about the timing is when, you know, as I look around the show and, and I looked out at the at the audience this morning in Bridget Brennan's presentation, and the number of women here is growing, which I'm very happy to see. And I think it's particularly awesome, given that we know that women are making that decision or heavily influencing the decision on the purchases in this industry. It doesn't matter whether it's a hearth or a patio or a barbecue. I guarantee you that there's a woman somewhere behind the decision if she's not in front of it. And uh, and I think having the perspective of women, whether you're in the retail environment or the manufacturing environment, is really critical to businesses today because a woman's perspective is very important in how you proceed and succeed in this industry. So uh, I couldn't be more happy about the number of women here. And I think we all know a lot of good men in our lives, friends, colleagues, family, and I think about when I when I talk with um, my my male friends and colleagues about things that I've experienced, and they are shocked or they they had no idea, they don't know what to do. Uh, how can men and, and if you've had a, an ally that stood up for you or intervened in some way, how can men be an ally to you in these situations? Whether that's something that someone has already done and it was it worked or it was appreciated and you felt supported or what you wish men would do to step in and, and be an ally what can good men do yeah I mean um, I can attest to this I had a 
one of my first trade shows, you know, back in August or something like that. I was super excited. And I had a man come up to me and he looked me up and down and he said, why aren't you wearing heels? Like you would sell more if you wore heels. And I was like, well, simply, I like my tennis shoes and my knees like them too. <laughs> I'm standing on them all day. But my coworker, who's a male, you know, he kind of just like, he didn't say anything, but he gave him a look and kind of, you know, and that was him standing up for me. And that was him saying, hey, you know, and of course, after he left, my coworker's like, that's not like, that is not a cool, like cool at all. Are you okay? Like, so I think it's just, you know, of course, say something, but if, if you're nervous to say something as a male, at least make a, a gesture or um, maybe check in on us afterwards or, yes. yeah. So I would, I, I have a, a retailer who recently hired his first female service tech and uh, I was just super excited. I, you know, I was asking, how's it going with Brittany? Is she, you know, accepted? And he has a very family environment within his retail environment. And, and he, he made a point of saying that, you know, yes, they do feel like family, but how the, the team had really taken her in. And when she's out on a call and doing a repair and has a question and calls in, they all want to take her call right away because they want her to succeed and do well. And they also know she's facing the problem that you talked about when she goes in the door that, well, who's going to fix my fireplace? And, you know, she's like, well, I am. And so, and, and what's interesting though, is that once she gets in the home, she's like getting tips from customers because they're so excited to have a woman who knows what she's doing in their home, fixing their fireplace. So pretty exactly. exciting. Once they, once you get past that initial, I don't know, I don't know about this. They, people just seem to, they, they open up so much more and then they're so accommodating. Some of the grumpiest, some of the grumpiest I've started with end up being some of my favorite customers. And now when they come in, they don't want to talk to anybody else. They just want to talk to me and it for better or for worse. But going back to your, the original question, most of my team, they're very, I've hired an entire team of women. You walk into my showroom and there's five different women you can encounter. There's only one internal office employee that's, a, that's male. Um, but every, every man that works for me, they will flat out say, Hey, all of them can help you. I doesn't have to be me. I, you know, it's, they're just awesome. They've been, they've been really awesome about standing up for my entire team and saying, Hey, she, any of them can help you. That's so great. To, so great to hear. And I know in my personal experience, even if someone doesn't say something as an issue is happening for someone to come up later on and ask how are you like I saw what happened that wasn't cool and just to give you that support and validate how you're feeling is it can be enough sometimes um, thinking about uh, what we can learn from each other what do men in our industry need to be learning from women like what do we do really well that we wish men would emulate and 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 be open to trying a different approach well, I think the emotional connection is critical and, you know, it's, it's I think, easier and more, um, you know, just kind of, you know, born into us to ask people about their families and to engage in trying to solve a problem for them as opposed to trying to just, you know, take care of it for them right away. Really asking so that they understand the true problem with that emotional connection. And I would think asking someone about their family and, like, what they do at home and what they do can help give you ideas like what kind of product they're looking for that would fit their needs and, and incorporate that into the process. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to, you know, single out men by any means, but I think it it is important to have diversity among your workspace, no matter what your workspace looks like. And with that diversity, you know, brings different experiences, and that helps you to reach, you know, all your potential um, target markets. And I also do think, you know, we're a bit more detail oriented and and organized, and not everyone, but listening, I think, is key. Listening when you ask a question. Listen to the answer. You're not just answer. I mean, you know, just asking questions for the sake of answering or asking questions. Listen to what that customer has to say because oftentimes they'll tell you everything you need to know. And it may not. I mean, it might not be about a specific product, but as you listen, you're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And they'll just let them talk. They, they. I told them they'll sell a thing themselves if you just let them talk. People like to talk about themselves. They do. And the, the more you let them talk, the more you're going to learn about them. And uh, one, I work in government affairs, and one thing that we used to do when we had in-person visits with members of Congress and staff is you look at what pictures are on their desk. And if they have pictures of kids and dogs and no spouse, don't ask about how's your wife because you don't know what the situation is, but ask about their kids and their dog and what they're doing. and. Uh, and, and find that connection. And people like to talk about what they like. And you, you don't know what you don't know, essentially. Uh, before I move on to our uh, another discussion topic here, anything else uh, that's like piqued your interest in the last couple hours or during this conversation about you don't know what you don't know or tips? I, I guess I, you know, it feels to me like we have a hard time attracting women to even apply for jobs. And, I, you know, I'm very interested right now in how do we get women into the industry and, and help them understand that just because it may seem like it's a technical product, you can still do it. I mean, you know, we have sales roles open all the time in our company. And it's very rare that we end up with a woman applying. And that's, uh, uh, frankly, a little bit disappointing to me. I would love to see uh, more women in the field in sales roles, and it's very hard to find them. So that's something that I'm interested in understanding and learning and seeing if I can impact it. Yeah, and I th when I think about women in the industry and, and becoming more comfortable with the technical side of things, or if, if that's of interest, uh, the National Fireplace Institute, they have a certification, the, the Hearth Design Specialist uh, certification program. And it's, I remember one of the mentors, one of the mentees in our mentoring program mentioned that their goal for, from this program was to uh, achieve their Hearth Design Specialist certification. And the, her mentor replied to her via email saying, we're going to get that for you. We're going to work and you're going to get that within the next few months. So it's just really great to see women supporting women. And um, when you think about our experiences with the pandemic and how much has been put on, uh, on families and, and juggling not just work stress, but we're living through a global pandemic. And I think that's very stressful. And thinking about your customers and what they're going through. Because it's not just us, it's who you're selling to. And thinking about what they're going through as well. Um, companies really had to work overtime to reach their audience, especially retail stores. And especially in an industry like this, where we have so much person-to-person -person interaction. And in the absence of that interaction, how do you connect? Uh, just as an example, a local woman-owned apparel store near me, 
uh, in DC included a handwritten thank you note with every online order. So every order that I got had a nice note and they had my order history and asked, oh, how were those leggings you ordered a couple months ago and things like that. So what kinds of small things did your company do to show your appreciation to customers who've stuck with you over the last two years? I mean, for me, I mean, my company's based in Sweden and I'm here in Atlanta. Um, I work from home. My coworkers were all virtual, right? Um, you know, and my territory for the U.S. Is, is pretty large, so it's not like I can just get in my car and go see everybody. But mainly I just called and checked in on them and, you know, not even to just sell them anything, but just to be like, hey, how's business? Like, how are you guys hanging in there? Like, are things selling okay? Like, can I help you sell things better? Um, can I get anything for your, your sales team to help, you know, sell things better? And I just think it's really important to check in and, you know, not always sound so salesy, but just be like, hey, Jim, or, you know, how are you? How's business? Yeah. Yes. Checking in and showing gratitude, I think, is huge. I mean, even customers come in the door and I just, trying to know every single person by name is, to me, is huge. I said, if somebody comes in that door more than twice, we should know their name. That's my own personal thing, but, I mean... Anytime somebody comes in the door, hi, Jim, thanks for coming in. How's that fireplace that you got two years ago? Is it, you know, and usually I try to reference the exact fireplace if I remember it. But, I mean, those kind of things, just building those personal connections with every single customer. If I see him in the grocery store, I'm going to ask, how's that wood stove? How's that treating you? Is it, do, is, it, is it warming up that room like we talked about? Is it any issues, you know, just showing gratitude and trying to make each encounter personal. Yeah, it's important. It is. Very, yep. On the manufacturing side, you know, we, it, the pandemic has been hard. It's been hard to stay in touch with our trade partners, which is something that we really enjoy doing. And um, I think back to, you know, we weren't able to meet in person in our normal way. So we did, we actually um, got a, he was like a cocktail specialist out of New York City. He has a little bar down, downstairs in his house. And uh, we invited everyone to a cocktail hour, and he actually, we sent out a kit beforehand to tell everyone how to make the cocktail. And then he was, he was kind of comedian-like, too, and so he did this whole comedy act, and then we all made the cocktails, and then we hung out on the, on the Zoom call for a while with him, and he, he kind of told jokes, and it was, it was kind of fun for trying to stay in touch. I won't say that we're not, we're very much looking forward to being in person again with our trade partners. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. And it's so great to be here at Expo back in Atlanta and back all together. And have there been any interactions that have stood out with you, with, with customers, or with you as a customer of something that made a difference? Like any kind of feedback that you've gotten from customers saying, you know, I really appreciated this one thing that you did kind of thing during the pandemic or before at any point in time, any feedback? I, I, I'll, I'll start this. I have been so amazed at the resilience uh, of this industry. I look at the trade partners and the supply chain issues and the labor issues and everything that has faced this industry while consumers decided they all wanted to go buy at the same time. And in my mind, the way our trade partners responded to not being able to have showrooms open, to not being able to sell in their normal fashion and adapt to new ways has been incredible. And I, I couldn't be more just impressed and frankly proud of the industry for how they've responded. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I'll say, so during the shutdown, my, I, 
obviously had some time to think. And so my big thing was I just basically erased the board on how we did everything and decided that my focus was going to be on customer experience start to finish. And so I switched software systems. I did a lot of things, made a lot of changes so that our customer experience was number one. And that's, that's the biggest feedback I get from customers is from the moment they first contact us all the way until the thank you cards and the follow-up emails after, they, after their product is installed, how taken care of. And like, we didn't forget you, you, you know, anything, they know that we are here. And that's, that's the biggest feedback that I get that just the customer experience. Yes. And I think Bridget alluded to this earlier this morning saying one thing that you, that sticks with you is you remember how you, someone made you feel or how a company made you feel and, and, and incorporating that into like your mission and brand and thinking about how am I going to make, how, how is this going to make my customers feel? Do they feel inspired? Do they feel welcome? Do they see me as a resource? And I think it's just crucial. And with being virtual, and you really, that's become a huge issue of uh, gen genuineness. So um, thinking about uh, when you first got into this industry and, and looking back, what, what's been key to your success? Like, how did you get to where you are today? If you could think of like one like key piece of advice for women who are getting started in the industry, uh, for you, what, what has your experience been like? What's been uh, a successful for you? Well, I'll say mine's pretty short because I'm new to the industry. Um, but I mean, building relationships. I know we just, we keep going back to building relationships, but it's the most important thing. I mean, I, I'm, you know, two years in the big girl world. That's what I like to call it. Um, but I remember being back in college and thinking, oh my gosh, like I have to find a job online. Like knowing people is not going to get me a job, but building those relationships and networking. I mean, that's how I'm in this seat today. So it's important. Agreed. Agreed. My, I would say my, I was plugging along when I first started, not really sure, but honestly it was Tim that got me kind of was my launching point. I was listening to the very first podcast that came out. I was like, these are my people and just diving in into personal growth was the big one. He, I mean, just listening to how he structured his day and that got me start. I started getting up at 5 a.m., structuring my day, reading books that Tim recommended. And then I, and then from there I would find other podcasts and it just, it's just this massive snowball that has taken off. And so honestly, wow, Tim, thank you. Tim has been thank like you. the launching point. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I guess I would start off with just, you know, be confident because it can be challenging to be confident when you're in a room filled with men. Um, but I would also tell you that this industry has so much passion and the people who are in it are so committed to it that I think I found, I personally just found that inspiring and I wanted to be part of it. And so I think that really helps as you're progressing in your career to feel every day like you just can't wait to go and see who you're going to talk to and what you're going to learn and that feels like a, a great way to spend your career yes community yeah sorry no no go ahead uh, just the community that you know once i, I i've said before that i felt so alone because nobody you know nobody knows anything about hearth trying to talk to my friends was you know nobody understands and but then when i found hppa and this whole community that's when it was really i felt like i dug in my heels and started moving forward <laughs> 
definitely. Community is so important, and I think something that's unique with women is if you reach out to another woman in the industry and ask a question, they're going to be receptive and reply and not see you as a competitor. And, and I've also found that having a strong network can help you in your business and find connections where you didn't know you had them. Uh, with that, I think I'm going to turn it to Tim for some audience Q&A and, and yeah. take it from there. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. That was incredible. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt. I thought it was amazing. And I, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to hear this in podcast form when it comes out. You know, as, as uh, you were talking about listening, that was what hit me so much. I mean, my, my gut instinct is to wait for an opportunity to insert what I want to say. And in sales, that is absolutely the wrong approach, right? That's the way to steamroll somebody. And in so many situations, it doesn't matter if you have the right information. It doesn't matter if you win the argument. It, it, cause you, you can lose the customer, you know? And, um, yeah, as you, as you were speaking about listening, that was something that I really took away that I need to continue to grow in is how can I be someone to listen first? And it's okay to let some silence hang and, and actually not have an answer because listening creates connection. And uh, we could talk about that for a long time. That, is, that, was, that was tremendous. So what I'd like to do, we're, we're coming up on our time, but we have a little bit. Um, I wanted to see if anybody has a question that they can address. I definitely have a couple if, if nobody does. Um, because the mic's set up, you'll have to come over here and, uh, and tell me, and then I, I can ask it. But do any of you guys have a question after listening to this? So what, are you coming over, Grant? Okay, Grant's got a question. Okay, so uh, as far as signing up for the mentorship program and going over that, I'm not sure if I missed it or not, but I think what you guys are doing with the mentorship program is pretty special. I was just talking to Megan's dad, Kevin Lee, over there, and it is uh, some of my best experiences in the industry with, merchant, uh, with manufacturers, retailers, sales reps are with women, and we need more of this. So I would just emphasize going over how people can sign up for that women's mentorship program. Yep, I Great can, job, guys. Thanks, Grant. Great question. This is Rachel. I can answer that. Uh, on our on HPBA's website, uh, under the membership tab, if you hover over that and click on women's mentoring program, we have two application form links at the bottom of the page, one for someone who wants to be a mentor and one for someone who wants to be a mentee. And the application is, is now open for our next iteration of this program. Uh, this is for women in, in retail, manufacturers, manufacturer reps, distributors, service, sweeps, uh, in both the US and Canada. And we, it's, it's free for members. It's an incredible benefit of HPBA membership to have access to this network of women. And it's, it's in excellent hands with HPBA staff and the women who are involved there. And uh, it's just incredible to see the women who participated in that group over the last five or six months. And we're all, a lot of us are here together at Expo. And it's just uh, it's just very uh, rewarding and to see this community develop and, and have this network. So go to our website, uh, hpba.org, and find our Women's Mentoring Program, and that's how you can apply. And we'll get more information um, in the, the coming weeks after applying. That's great. So one question I have, and um, I guess maybe I'm thinking in particular about Jenny and Ryan, but Megan, if you, have, if you have a thought too, I'd love to hear that. But in particular, so let's think about the retail sales experience. So I've done a lot of secret shopping over the last couple of years. 
And in general, when I go into secret shops somewhere, um, I usually just describe my own house and I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a fireplace uh, for my bonus room. And that's, and that's it. And if people ask, I'll tell them all about my house. But in general, within even being gracious, within two minutes, we're in front of a product and I'm hearing about BTUs and everything else. Um, a lot of dealers are afraid to like sit down, engage a customer for like five to 10, 15 minutes. Can I just hear your guys' thoughts about how that shapes the sales experience versus you need a gas insert, here's gas inserts, let's go. Yeah, so I've got, when people come into my showroom, I've got a couch, I've got a coffee table, I've got a chair next to it. And generally, I like to sit down and just tell me what you're thinking. Do you have any Pinterest boards that you've been saving? Any ideas that you've got already in mind? I'd love to see what your ideas are because those Pinterest or, the, or even those saved images they have in their phone, I'm not just looking at the fireplace. I'm looking at the surroundings. Is it pictures of families? Is it pictures of husband and wife snuggling on the couch? Because that tells me what they're looking for. Because that's, it's not necessarily about the fireplace. It's just, yeah, digging deeper. It, that's yeah. Most, yeah, but sitting down, I think, is crucial. Because I can turn something that probably would have been a 15-minute conversation into an hour and a half. And, but nine times out of ten, they're walking out so, yeah, with a so, receipt. <laughs> so if someone's listening, they're like, I, I can't take 30 minutes with every customer. You don't understand my business. Like, what would you say to that? You can't afford not to, because I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly, that's that. Those, anytime I do that, guess what? Like I just said, they're they're walking out with a paid in full receipt. Yeah. And those fifteen minute conversations, I might see two of them come back, but when you actually sit there and show that you authentically care, yeah, that's when they aren't even gonna shop around. I can't tell you how many times I've heard them say, "Well, we were going to go up to you know," but. I don't, I don't feel like we need to. It seems like you've answered all of our questions and it seems like you are going to take care of everything. That's I think the Pinterest board is an amazing idea. I've had experiences where someone has asked me to share a Pinterest board on a particular topic so that they can make recommendations to me when I arrive for my consultation on something. And it saves time. It takes one minute to scroll through a Pinterest board. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that consumers are doing a lot more research before they come into your store. So you don't need to necessarily start right at the product because yeah. they already, they've already gotten educated. They might have an idea of what you're looking for. I think the real value comes in uh, sitting down, listening, creating that connection, the trust, because I, you know, I think Bridget mentioned it several times, that they want to feel like they can trust you to yeah. do what you say you're gonna do and then help them solve a problem. And if you're not listening and asking and creating that connection, you're not gonna be able to do that. So that's just so important in the in the process. Yeah. You know, um, there's so many questions that are going through my head and I wanna, I wanna keep this tight to an hour so I can't ask too many more. Um, I wanna ask Bridget about this today and I'd like to get your guys' take too. And it has to do with follow-up. So in a, in a, in a sales environment, when you're making a high dollar purchase. I think there's a lot of retailers in our industry that are afraid of follow-up or they're too busy. There's other things that are going on. But it really comes down to fear. They're afraid that I'm going to bug the customer. They're going to think I'm sleazy or that I'm just like trying to push something over on them. From your perspective, outside of anything fireplace related, can you talk about if follow-up makes you feel appreciated or if it's something that's an annoyance, like whatever direction you want to go on that. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. It makes you feel appreciated. I mean, you know, like Bridget said, as the social network, the original social network, um, we all want to talk to our friends about it. And so when you follow up with me and I feel like you care that you've met my needs and solved my problem, then I want to tell other people about it. Yeah. And as soon as you follow up, I want to tell them even more. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you feel like, you know, you're bugging someone following up, I understand that feeling. Um, you know, usually if they don't have time, they'll tell you they don't have time. Yeah. Otherwise, if they don't want to talk, they won't talk. So, I mean, otherwise, I, I think it's great because, I mean, like we kind of talked about earlier, if I made a high dollar purchase, a tractor, a car, um, you know, I want to feel supported after that and backed, you know, and taken care of. Yeah. I think it's super important. I think it's important too. I, I'm a busy person. So if I go and I talk to somebody and I didn't pull the trigger, yeah. I, honestly, I'm going to forget that I had that conversation and something else is going to keep coming up. So just a reminder call, a reminder email, something like that kind of brings it back to, oh yeah, I, I did want to, I did want to pull the trigger on that. So yeah. I, I appreciate it. Um, it. But like you said, as long as it's not to the point where it's every single day. And at that point, I'm going to say, hey, listen, I'm not in the market anymore, right? You know, yeah. just be honest about it. Yeah. I think doing a soft follow-up too and not asking questions like, oh, what would you think about that product that we talked about? I right. think asking questions like, oh, I just wanted to follow up. Like, please use me as a resource. I'm here anytime you have any questions. Yeah. And, and leave it at that. Yeah. I think that makes people feel cared for and listened to. And if yeah. you can remember one thing from the conversation you had with a customer yeah. and include that little detail in your email, it even even better. Yeah. You know, Bridget talked about this a little bit in her keynote, the idea of like, you know, withholding something from the sales conversation so that you have a reason to follow up. Like, that's so good. The thing that I go to is finished installation pictures. So like for any customer thinking about a fireplace, like even if they were in one day earlier, just to send them an email and say, hey, I was thinking about you. We just finished up this install and this picture looks so good and just reminded me of your project and I just wanted to pass it on. Who's going to think that that's annoying? I mean, I've done that and they love it. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. like, hey, we just did this and it looks like exactly the, the project you and I were just talking about. It was like a two-year-old project, but yeah. still, it yeah. works. Well, I want to I respect your guys' time. And as the final question, I want to talk about making it easy. And, you know, we sell a complex product and that's good. It's the reason why we haven't been disrupted more than we have. And, but with that, like our products are hard to buy. I mean, I can, I can make a custom Tesla online for $120,000 and buy it in about five minutes. Like things are easy to buy and our, our, our products are not. And I know like, you know, HHT in particular is doing all kinds of work on like, how can we make it easier to buy our products? But again, outside of fireplaces, from your perspective, why is it so important that something should be easy to buy? Confusion loses people. Yeah. yeah, and I think just in this day and age, everybody's just not, like, we're going a little faster than we used to. And I think it's important to make things convenient and easy. I like things that way, so. I think the other thing is people are shopping at, um, you know, they're in their pajamas in bed at 11 or 12 at night, <laughs> and that's when they're trying to learn and get inspired, and they're starting that shopping journey and being able to give them the full experience, whether they're online and, you know, at the middle of the night or whether they come into your stories, very, very important to make it easy and seamless for them. And if it takes more than two clicks, two or three clicks to find something that I'm looking for, I, I, I give up. 
Yeah. And being mobile friendly, because thinking about that consumer who's in their bed scrolling through fireplaces looking for ideas and inspiration, uh, if your website isn't mobile friendly, that you're losing a huge uh, customer base there. Yeah. Well, this has been terrific, and uh, trust me, we are, we are not going to let you guys go very far before we start asking you to write articles and do more interviews. Super thankful that you're here, and I know that this gave tremendous value to everybody, so thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I thought it was so awesome to get to hear from Rachel, Ryan, Megan, and Jenny. And, you know, man, that was just a taste of what was going on at Expo. It was such a special week. And for a lot of reasons, man, when I was sitting there watching that panel take place, I, I really felt like this is this is gold and we're on to something special here. So glad that you got to hear it too. Now, before we close out today, one thing I got to make you aware of is that we are coming up on the end of registrations for the first ever Firetime Workshop. Now, you've heard me talk about this off and on for really the last six months, but the time to sign up is now. So we are going to be meeting up in Seattle, Washington from May 1st to 3rd of this year. And myself, Grant Falco, and then the rest of our Firetime Magazine team, Matt Bradley, Christy Campbell, and Sam O'Donnell are going to be working with you side by side for three days to go over everything that we've been talking about in the podcast and in the Firetime Journal so that you can build out your business to get ready for this next season. You know, Grant always says that there's an invest season and a payoff season. We are starting the invest season. And if you want things to pay off for you, you can't get away from making the investment. So one thing that we put together for you as a gift to help prep you for the workshop is a free video series called Three Steps to Transform Your Business. And if you go to itsfiretime.com slash transform, you can download that video series for free. Now, cards on the table. These videos are going to give you incredible steps to take control of your business, and they culminate in asking you to sign up for the workshop. If you want to cut straight to the chase, you can do that and go to itsfiretime.com slash workshop. But I'm telling you, take advantage of this business transformation video series because we're laying our cards on the table and saying, hey, this is what you need to do. And it's a taste of exactly what we're going to cover in the workshop. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's firetime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's firetime. You know, the contributions that you guys make on a monthly basis to keep us going are something that we don't take lightly and it just means the world that you believe in the podcast and we feel very indebted to pay that back to you. Now, as you go out this week, here we are, season eight, we're started again. You know, getting back from the trade show, you might actually be able to breathe for a couple of months, but don't waste it. This is the time to go all in on building out yourself and your team members to get ready for next season. So just remember, the work you're doing is not in vain. We'll talk again soon next week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.